North Star, what an honor it is to be with you today. If we've never had the opportunity to meet before, my name is Casey and I have the privilege as serving as the high school pastor here at North Star. But I am so excited to be with you as we get to continue in a really fun series that we've been in over the last few weeks called Culture Proof. I don't know if you've been with us each one of the weeks or if this is your first time, but I've been going back uh, during the week after our service at, on HSM and going through and watching and diving into 1 John because I think the thing I love most about this series is how practical and how applicable it is to our lives. You know, 1 John is one of those where he lays out what is right, what is wrong, and the way we should live. You don't have to be a scholar to break it down. You don't have to spend a lot of time in school to understand it. He tells us what we need to do to stay on track for God's best in our lives all through 1 John, and we're gonna get to continue with that this morning. And I love that idea of staying on track for God's best, and that's really gonna be the direction that we head this morning. And when you think about staying on track, maybe a few things come to mind for you. One of the things that comes to mind for me is a train, right? We all hope that trains stay on the tracks. Now, usually when we're running into one of these, it always seems to happen when you're late to an appointment, you're late to a meeting, and those crossing guards come down, and that train always seems to be the longest train you've ever seen in your entire life, right? But there's a lot of science that goes into making sure that one of these trains stays on track. There's a lot of physics involved. There is a lot uh, to do with the geometry of the wheels and the circumference of them to make sure that they can move along what is a pretty intricate railway system across our country. You gotta think about the bends and the curves and the tunnels that a train has to go through just to get from point A to point B. So when they are manufacturing these trains at the, the train manufacturing place, right? We all, I, that's one of those, you just don't wonder, I wonder how they get here, they're just there. Um, when they're creating and manufacturing these trains, they don't just throw them out on the railway and put product and people in them and allow them to go. There is science, there is practice, there's preparation, and they make sure that that train meets all of the qualifications to not only move things, but to stay on the tracks before they put it out into production. We live in a world, and this is what Culture Proof's all about, we live in a world that is full of distractions. We live in a world that pulls us in a lot of different directions. There's a study that came out a few years ago that says the average American takes in between 4,000 and 10,000 advertisements a day. So between radio, between television, between social media and what you pull up on your phone, we're taking in information from 4,000 to 10,000 different companies that are vying for your attention and usually vying for your money. They want your attention. One of the most prevalent places we see this is Times Square. Now, I don't know if you've ever been here and been to Times Square, but it's a madhouse, and companies will pay upwards of a million dollars to have ad space in Times Square and in downtown Manhattan. Why? Because there's a lot of people, it's a big market, and they want your attention. First John, John is writing to people 
that are having their attention pulled in a lot of different directions. They're being distracted. They're being deceived in a lot of ways where Jesus' message and the way that Jesus lived has kind of been taken and warped a little bit, and now there's people that are teaching in the name of Jesus, but they're not actually teaching Jesus, and we're running into a problem. So 1 John was written to clarify the issue, to make it very clear, this is what Jesus intended for your life. Today we're gonna pick up in 1 John 2, verse 18, where that thought's gonna continue. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd love if you opened up with me. Otherwise, it's gonna be on your screens, and let's dive in to what uh, we have this morning. 1 John 2, beginning in verse 18, says this. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Pause real quick. We see Antichrist. Let's be honest, we all get a little bit nervous, don't we? It makes us a little uncomfortable. We're gonna talk about it. Don't worry. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not all of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Stop real quick. There's people deceiving, saying that there's other ways to the Father apart from Jesus. And John is just going ahead and setting the record straight for all of us. There is no getting to the Father without Jesus. If we flip back to the Gospels, we see that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And there was teachers falsely teaching, deceiving, aka Antichrist, lower, or not capitalized with the S on the end, that we're teaching there's other ways to get to the Father, and that ultimately is not the case. So John is going ahead and dispelling that rumor. Verse 24, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it is taught to you, abide in him. And now little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Abide is a common word that we see there throughout 1 John 2. Abide in Jesus, trust in Jesus, and believe in who he is. John has written this for a reason, and it's because we 
as human beings, do not do the best job of living out what God has always called us to. Therefore, we need to abide in Jesus. But much like those trains that we were talking about a moment ago, we cannot just step out onto the tracks and assume that we're going to end up at the destination that God wants us to. We're not gonna stumble there. We're not accidentally going to appear there. It is through practice and through preparation that we are going to stay on track for God's best in our lives. And that's what we're gonna be breaking down this morning. So would y'all pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, we thank you for a chance for us to come together as a church body and a church family and dive into your word. And God, I firmly believe that each person who's in the room and who is tuned in with us has the intention of staying on track for your best in their lives. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. But God, we do a terrible job navigating our own lives. So I pray over the next few moments that we would be able to take in and understand what it looks like to live out your best in our lives and to stay on track with it and that you would give us the strength to walk out of here and apply it to our lives. So Lord, we love you, we thank you. It's your name that we pray, amen. So the question that we're asking ourselves this morning is how do I stay on track for God's best in my life? The first answer that we have and the ultimate answer is that we stay fixed on Jesus. We have to remain fixed on Jesus. First John 2.23 says this, no one who denies the son has the father. Whoever confesses the son has the father also. There is no getting to God without Jesus. You cannot operate apart from him. But if we confess and believe in Christ, we too have the Father, going back to what Jesus said where he's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus has set the ultimate example for you and I to follow. He has laid it out. So if we're wanting to stay on track for God's best in our lives, it's going to involve looking like Jesus. The reality is there is no version of God's best that doesn't have Jesus at the center of it. It doesn't exist. There is no way to find where God is ultimately trying to lead us with our lives if Jesus is not at the heart of it. People are either going to be pointing us in two directions. They're gonna be pointing us in the directions of themselves or they're gonna be pointing us in the direction of Jesus. There is no middle ground. We've gotta know the difference. That's what John is laying out. We've gotta be able to recognize what is true and what is not and be able to move forward knowing the truth. It's like this. I don't know when you tend to do your grocery shopping. I'm a Sunday guy myself, right? I like to go Sunday afternoons. Maybe I'll see you there after church. But any grocery store you walk into now, there is a healthy section. And these healthy sections have grown over the last few years. Why? Because we all, at the end of the day, we would like to try to do healthy things. And so, it used to be fruits, vegetables, water, you're good to go, that's healthy. But because of an advancement in science and technology, you walk into the healthy section of a grocery store now. Fruits and vegetables, that's old news. Nobody wants those, okay? We've got healthy cereal. We've got healthy potato chips. We've got healthy soda. 
You, you name the product, there is a healthier, better version of it for you that is being sold as healthy, good to go. But if you take the time to stop and look at the label, you're gonna see on a lot of those products what you would see anywhere else in the grocery store. You'll see stuff that's high in fat, high in cholesterol, high in sugar. They're being labeled as healthy. But when you dig into it, you realize it's pretty much just like anything else. And it's not, not as good for you. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world that labels themselves as one thing but produce something completely separate. Everybody that's vying for your attention day in and day out wants you to believe that their product, what they have is going to be the thing that changes your life. If you follow this career plan, your life will be different. If you do this with your money, your life will be different. If you achieve this status in society, everything's gonna change for you. And at the end of the day, they're empty promises. They're empty, empty promises that don't hold any weight in the long term. The only thing that is going to keep us on track for God's best is not the latest fad and it's not the newest thing on the market. It is staying fixated on Jesus. And we could be done for the day. We could all go home right now because staying fixated on Jesus is how we stay on track for God's best in our lives. But you know as well as I do Staying fixated on Jesus Sunday at church, got it, nailed it, we're here. Staying fixated on Jesus throughout the course of a week that brings stress, that brings drama, that brings all kinds of different factors into it is a really difficult thing to do. So, to stay fixated on Jesus, there's some things that we need to do in our lives. The first of which is to stay hungry for God's word. We have to be hungry to be in the word of God on a daily basis. 1 John 2.21 says this, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. We believe that God's word is 100% true and from God. The beautiful thing about God's word is it allows us to differentiate what is true and what is false. The world has changed a lot since this book was written, but at the end of the day, we will find the answers that we need in this book. And you will find things that were deceiving people thousands of years ago that are still deceiving people today. We know truth from false because of God's word. Jesus, in fact, if we flip back to the Gospel of John, prayed this over his future followers. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. God, your word is 100% true. And he prayed that we would know it and he prayed that we would believe it today. Being hungry for God's word is being healthy. It is really hard to find spiritual health if we're not hungry for God's word. Those two things work hand in hand. 
you could walk into any of our local high schools in the area and go into the weight room and you'll see a football team, a volleyball team, a basketball team, soccer, whoever's in season. There's student athletes in there with their coach and yes, they're working out, but when they get ready to leave, the coach is going to tell all of the athletes the same thing. You need to go home and you need to eat because high schoolers are not inherently big, right? They just need to eat, they need to grow, the coaches want them to be at their best potential and that's not gonna happen if they're not going in and putting stuff back in their bodies. The same is true for us. We have to be hungry for God's word. There's two ways we're not going to grow in God's word. One is if we don't eat at all. If we just go to his word seasonally, if we just go to him when we think we need it, but otherwise we're good, we're not gonna grow. We'll never grow in our personal relationship with Jesus. And the problems that you have at this stage of life will be the same ones that you're dealing with later on down the line, only magnified, because we haven't grown in God's word, and we haven't grown in our relationship with Christ. But the second thing that can get us in trouble and allow us not to grow in God's word is if we become picky eaters. What do we mean by picky eaters? It's when we go through scripture and we find a verse that maybe fits what we're going through right now, but it completely pulls it out of context. That's what these teachers were doing in 1 John. They would take a little snippet of what Jesus said and then they would manipulate it to meet their current needs. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. That's the best way to get to know God better and to grow in our walks is to open his word on a daily basis. My encouragement for you, church, no matter how long you've been following Christ, find time in your day to spend with the Lord. We don't do it so he'll love us more, we do it so we can begin to love him more. So we have to stay hungry for God's word if we're gonna stay fixated on Jesus. That fixation and staying on track gets really hard when we're not in his word because we begin to lose sight of what matters. The other thing that we've gotta continue to do to stay fixated on Jesus is we have to stay trusting in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was not left to us just to reference occasionally. The Holy Spirit was left to guide us. It was left as a gift to help us through life. 1 John 2.27 says this, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. The anointing, we can go back real quick, yep. His anointing that he's talking about right there is the Holy Spirit. So that's what it translates to. But the Holy Spirit is teaching you. The verse continues, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has been taught to you, abide in him. Our job is to abide in Christ and to trust the Holy Spirit that's been left as a guide to us. I love this quote on the Holy Spirit. It says this, this anointing is not the private property of a few or special or spectacular Christians. All believers have the presence of God's Spirit within them. 
So there's not a certain status that we achieve in Christianity to where you go, all right, now you've got access to the Holy Spirit. You've been in the game long enough. You've done enough good works. Now you've got the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. When we accept Christ, we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. The problem is we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what he was left here to do in our lives. We don't use the Holy Spirit to guide us. We use the Holy Spirit sometimes to maybe discern a couple things, but man, the Holy Spirit was left here as a gift to guide us through life. Earlier we were talking about Times Square, which single-handedly might be the most confusing place on earth. If you would like to disagree, I would love to hear where else you've been, but those subways are so Odd. I know everybody's upset about Atlanta's transportation. At least I know where I'm going. Okay. In our phones, though, thankfully, a lot's changed. We have a beautiful gift. It's 2020. You could be very lost in Times Square, and I am sure there's somebody in here that has been, but you could be incredibly lost in Times Square. But it's 2020. What do you do? You pull out your smartphone. Side note. If you don't have a smartphone yet, I would love to talk to you after the service because I think we could really open your eyes to some amazing things. Because what it has the capability to do is have a GPS to guide you to where you need to be. So you could be beyond lost in a city that you've never been to and you could pull out your phone and type in your desired destination and it's gonna give you the best route to get there. Walking, driving, public transportation, biking, it is going to give you the best way to get to where you wanna go. So if you and I were lost together in a big city and in a place that we've never been, going on a journey that we don't know what's next, and we had this available to us but we refused to use it because we wanted to rely on personal instinct, it wouldn't make any sense. We would consider that person stubborn, wasting this gift that's been given to us. The Holy Spirit was left to guide us because we're gonna go on a journey that we're in in life where we're not going to know the destination. We know what we're aiming for, but there's gonna be some obstacles and there's gonna be some things that creep up along the way you and I never see coming. Trust in the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. It's a completely separate action to trust in the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I really do believe that you wouldn't be here today if you didn't intend to try to stay on track for God's best. It might look a little different and we might all define that differently depending on our lives and our journeys. But I really believe that we're all setting out to try to do the same thing and, and to stay on track for God's best. but we aren't gonna get there apart from Jesus. 
So we've got to stay fixated on Jesus. And when you're going through life and that fixation begins to get a little distorted or a little dim, stay hungry for God's word. Stay trusting in the Holy Spirit and stay on track for God's best in our lives. Doesn't matter where we come from, what we do, what our family situation looks like. There is no version of God's best that exists apart from Jesus. And I pray we stay fixated on him with everything that we have. Would y'all pray with me? Father, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I don't pretend to know everything about what it looks like to stay on track for um, your best in our lives. In fact, I probably have more questions than anything else. But God, I pray that we stay fixated on Jesus. You sent Jesus to this earth to live for me, to die for me, and to ultimately get up out of the grave on my behalf for a debt that I couldn't pay on my own. And there is no getting to you without Jesus. So Father, no matter the direction of each one of our lives, God, I pray that we would stay on track for your best because we are fixated on Jesus. Yes, there's some bends and there's some curves and there's some difficult terrain that we didn't necessarily see coming, but we're focused on our destination. We're focused on arriving to where we're supposed to go. And that God, we wouldn't stumble there, we wouldn't accidentally show up there, but we would be there because we're fixated on Jesus because we've stayed hungry for your word and we've continued to trust in the Holy Spirit when we didn't see any other way to get there. God, give us that confidence, give us that strength, give us that hope and allow our fixation not to move. Lord, we love you, we thank you. It's your name that we pray, amen. I hope that you receive those words this morning. Not for a minute was I forsaken, but the Lord is in this place. Can I just give you some good news today that Jesus is alive and well and that he's working in restoring lives, saving souls, breaking chains, that Jesus is still in the life change business. And and I'm so encouraged by Casey's word today that God's best is always gonna be centered on the person of Jesus. There is no right, there is no left, there is only Christ. But as always, we don't just gather for worship, but we're about to get up here in a second and we're gonna scatter to serve. Because our longing is not to, as James 1.25 says, to just be hearers of the word, but to instead be doers of the word. And so we have these continuing the conversation questions, which our simple hope is that we would live out these principles, that we would live out God's word in a real and a practical way. So for this week, I would love for you to consider um, as you're at home or sitting here and as you're on your drive home, or maybe as you're enjoying your lunch today, maybe think about this and talk about this as a family or as a group of friends, roommates, is, is this, is because I heard today's message, 
Is there something that God is calling me to stop doing? Is there something that God may be nudging me to start doing? I mean, is there something that God is maybe prompting me to share? Stop, start, share. I don't know which one of those three God may be kind of tapping you on the shoulder with this morning, but I do know that it's something and then there's one thing that maybe that you can take away from this and that you can take a step as we are on this journey together imperfectly in the process of following after Jesus. So we are just so thrilled that you were with us this morning for just trusting us with an hour of your time and that we are just grateful to know that we as a church family can come together on a Sunday and that we can scatter to serve. So I pray that as we go out this week, that we would not settle for anything less than God's best. We hope you have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week right back here at North Star.